Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. Thanks for joining me for this edition of Quiz the Diz. This week I have some great questions from my buddy Brad. Go ahead, Brad, with your first question. The first one is, how do I best manage talent? Well, first you have to have a clear vision for what you do. It's impossible to appropriately lead somebody when they have no idea what expectations are. They cannot supply this. All right, I want you to think about that for just a minute. I have had people talk to me about how do you get vision, and I may answer that question uh, in another podcast, but the people around you can't supply the vision for you. You have to supply the vision yourself if you're the leader of the organization. Now, if you're under somebody, you have to go with their vision. I see this happen all the time in organizations that a weak leader will be in place and the vision will be misplaced or stolen or misappropriated. It's got to be a good, clear vision, one that's easy to follow, and then you have to keep people on track with that. So the first thing in how to manage talent is that you have to have a good, clear vision. So a good, clear vision is easy to understand, and it's easy to communicate. Okay, go back to last week's episode. In that, I mentioned the value of a clear vision, or if you want to say it purpose, that's fine, but that's something you always have to have to start with in managing talent is a good, clear vision. And again, vision doesn't come from a group or a committee. It has to come from one person, and then once that one person has it very good and clear, then he can be, begin to surround it, uh, surround himself with people that get that. Uh, I've heard it talked about as the 312-120 principle, and there have been several pretty major businessmen that have led in this fashion, like Thomas Edison, uh, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs did it the same way. Uh, See if this sounds familiar. You have one person with a good, clear vision. You have three people that are really close to that person, him or her. Then you have around a dozen or so that are really studying it, really getting it, and so on. And then you got about 120 that are early adopters. Now, that's true of the people I just mentioned. It's also true of the gospel. If you read about the disciples in the Bible, Jesus had a good, clear vision of what he did. Peter, James, and John were his close associates. Those three and nine others were his 12 people that were really studying it, his disciples, if you will. And then they had about 120 people that followed him around all the time. So it's a principle that's at least 2,000 years old and probably older than that. But the one thing that you'll notice is that it comes from one person. So the vision has to be good and clear. The question again is how do you best manage talent? So after you have a good, clear vision for what you do, you have to determine who these people are that you're working with. Now, you may think, well, wait a minute, don't they know who they are? Yes, but sometimes they're not able to say it. Sometimes you can't get out of them who they think they are, all right? And you may see more in them than they do. My mentor, Olin, always saw more in me than I saw. My wife sees more in me than I see. And uh, other people around me have said that to me over the years. So I've had to get to the point where I understand who I am. 
who God says I am, who I understand myself to be. See, I know I'm not a doctor. I'll, I'll never play one on TV. I'm not like some of my friends on Facebook that have become epidemiologists over the last six months. <laughs> I understand I don't know anything. So that's okay. I'm not a doctor. What am I? I'm a communicator. That's what I do. I'm also not a mechanic. Now, I can work on cars, but I'm not a mechanic. I don't know how to do that really, really well. I'm not an electrical engineer. I've got a friend of mine that is literally a rocket scientist. I don't know how to do what he does, but I do know how to do what I do. And I've got a good, clear vision of what that is for me. Well, with your people, as you manage talent, you have to understand who they are. Now, I put people into a couple of categories just for my own mind, okay? Creatives and worker bees. All right, creatives and worker bees. Let me explain the difference between the two of them. You'll notice after I mention this, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that in people I work with. Now, creatives are notoriously hard to manage with rules, regulations, strict discipline. You know, you got to be at work at nine, you work till five, uh, you can't use that trash can over there, can't eat your lunch at your desk, uh, you can't go out, you can't do, you know, all these can'ts. Well, now there's some people that like to manage that way because they feel they have more control, but you'll never control a creative. What you can do is lead them. Okay, so creatives are led. You need their output. You need what they do. So you have to lead creatives. You have to have a good, clear vision. I think I've mentioned that. (laughs) A clear expectation of what you need from them. Okay, they'll need variety in their work. And in both cases, creatives and worker bees, you have to have soft-handed discipline. It doesn't work in our society anymore to be the guy that's got his thumb, you know, or goes into somebody's office and starts screaming and yelling at him. Doesn't work anymore. All right. So don't even try that. And I uh, had somebody uh, critiquing me one time. And they said, "Well, you know, when you raise your voice, it changes the mood in the room." Well, when I raise my voice, I mean to change the mood in the room. But if I'm always yelling and screaming, it has no effect. So occasionally you have to say, hey, watch out for that, or hey, don't do that, but you can't live like that. So again, with creatives, you have to have a clear vision, clear expectation, and a variety in their work. Now, on the other hand, the other group is worker bees. They don't really like to be led. They want you to tell them what to do. They like to be managed. Now, that doesn't mean you're like, well, I need three sentences output today. No, that's not what I'm talking about. So again, clear vision of what you're doing in your company with both of them. Both of them have to have clear vision. The creative will get there in his or her own way, but the worker bee needs guidelines, structure, clear goals on how to do it. All right. So for instance, you know, a tractor trailer when it's going down the highway, Tractor trailer weighs about 80,000 pounds. It can go coast to coast, no problem. And the driver kind of makes up his or her mind how they get there. Now, there are certain roads they can't go on, and I get that. But most generally, if you tell somebody, a trucker, that you want them to take a load from here to Los Angeles, there are several ways they can get from here to Los Angeles, still be legal, and still make it in a reasonable amount of time. So they can decide that. However, the railroad is a different thing. So now you've got a train, a coal train going by that weighs millions of pounds, okay? And you've got a locomotive on the front of that coal train that is leading it, if you will. Well, it's only going to go one way, and it's going to only stay on the rails. So that locomotive can go coast to coast, just like the trucker can, but can't make the decision on which to track to take. It can't make a decision on how to get there. It can only make 
the decisions on speed and so on. And that's really, again, the engineer that's saying this is how fast we're going to go, this is how slow we're going to go. There are other rules, and I'm oversimplifying it, but the point is a train can't move six inches to the left or right. That's right. A train goes right straight down the track. If it moves six inches to the left or right, it gets off track and it causes a whole bunch of damage. And you've all seen pictures of train wrecks where everything's just kind of piled up. That's what happens when you try to get a worker bee off track. They want to be on track. They want to know where they're going, what they're doing. That doesn't mean you can't give them some free time. That doesn't mean that you can't let them be a bit creative because here's a little secret. Everybody is creative. We were created in the image of God, all right? So if we're created in the image of God and he's a creator, that makes us a creator, right? So we have to understand that everybody's got a little creativity to them. So your worker bees, you're going to want to bring their creativity out over a period of time if you can, but you have to understand their main focus, their main way of doing things is going to be focused on getting something done. They don't mind coming in at nine and working till five. Okay, it's not something to them. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I need free, freedom and creativity. No, they, they kind of want things to be in a particular order. A creative, you can say, I need this done by Friday. They may not work on it until Friday afternoon, but they'll still get it done. So those are the kind of things that that you run into when you're managing talent. So again, for creatives, you don't manage them, you lead them. For worker bees, you don't lead them, you manage them. But that's what you do with the talent inside of the company. Now, did you have another question to go along with that? Secondly, I'm also curious, how do I foster growth in my team members' abilities? Oh, that's a good question. So it kind of goes along with recognizing who they are. Remember, we mentioned a minute ago, creatives and worker bees. Well, you have to know what their abilities are and what they think of your vision. All right, so we're getting a little deeper in that because you may have a team member that's a worker bee that you see more abilities to, so how do you help them grow that? Well, you can't just throw them a creative thing out there. You can't throw a worker bee a creative thing and say, hey, take this and go do something with it because they really won't know what to do. It, it stifles them. They don't, they don't have any idea. It's kind of like people that go to the grocery and they say, I want some cereal. Well, what kind of cereal? Uh, I don't know. Do you want cornflakes? I don't know. Happens all the time, though. And you go to the cereal aisle at Kroger and there are 120 different cereals. I think there are that many kinds of Cap'n Crunch. I mean, there are a lot There are a lot of different kinds of cereal. So you kind of have to know going in. Now, that's a difference that you see between men and women sometimes on shopping. So I, I'm a seek and destroy shopper. I, I know what I want. I go in, I get it, and I walk out. My bride, Nay, on the other hand, is like, I'm going to go shopping. Now, that means a totally different thing to her. If she wants to shop for some clothing... She may come home with a shirt when I'm expecting her to buy pants. I'm sorry, excuse me, I said that wrong. She may come home with a top when I expected her to buy slacks. Is that better? Thanks. I wanted to be correct there on how you refer to things. So you have to understand each other's abilities. You have to understand the way people see things. Now, if people in your team, now the question again is, how do I foster growth in my team members' abilities? Well, now, if they don't get your vision, they will drift. Got it? If they don't understand your vision, they will drift. I did a consulting job one time for a car dealership out in, I can't remember, Iowa, South Dakota, somewhere like that. And they had their vision written on the wall. And it was probably two feet by four foot posters 
all the way around this room. And it was they were written on, and it was very detailed, and this is what we do, and this is how we handle things. And, and they had put it up, so everybody walking in there, every time they had a meeting, would see this is how we do stuff. This is what our vision is and our purpose. Well, the problem with it is nobody got it. Nobody understood it. Now, there were rules and regulations written on the wall. There were ideas written on the wall. But nobody said, oh, this is what we do. I was talking to another car dealership one time, and I said, okay, what's your vision here? Now, remember what I said earlier, that you can't have a committee that comes up with vision? But that's what the guy told me. He said, well, we're meeting about that right now. And I'm like, meeting about it? What do you mean, meeting about it? He goes, well, I've got a committee together. And I said, wait a minute, don't you own this? And he goes, yep. And I said, you're the only one that can come up with the vision. You can get other people to buy into it. I think that's vital. I think it's important. But you're the one that has to come up with it. Now, if you can't get anybody to buy in, then you can back up and go, okay, wait a minute, did I get something wrong? I said, let's let's settle this. What really has to happen is that your uh, receptionist has to know your vision as well as you do. So I asked this guy, I said, what do you all do here? And he said, well, we sell new cars. I said, okay. We sell used cars. Okay. Uh, we have a body shop. Okay. And we, uh, we have a repair facility. Okay. All right. So basically what you do is make people mobile. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I said, that's a vision statement. Make people mobile. Now there's a lot that goes into running a car dealership besides that. But now if you have that posted everywhere, everybody that's involved, whether they're selling a car, doing the title work on a car, working on the engine of a car, rebuilding the body of a car, whatever they're doing, they're helping to make people mobile. And when the receptionist answers the phone, she knows that the question has to be answered in the form of how do we make you mobile? And in order to foster your team members' abilities, that's the original question, you have to have some idea of what their capabilities are and where you're going. Now, the other thing that you need to know about somebody is kind of their personality. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a verse in the Bible that says, train up a child in the way he or she should go, and when they're old, they won't deviate from that. That's true of workers as well, if you know who they are and what they do. Now, that's interesting. So maybe you could do disc profiles. There's another one called Gems from Danny Johnson. The Enneagram is this, it's a kind of a personal profile, but it helps you know people better. All of these things can help you know your employees better. But my suggestion is that you spend some time with them. Maybe go to lunch occasionally. Make it appropriate, but at least sit down with them and get to know the people that work closest with you. Now, I like the disc profile because it's simple. It kind of gives you four points to deal with. So does Jim's from Danny Johnson. The anagram has more stuff to it, but it's a little more detailed what you find out. But the most important thing you can do to foster growth in a team member's abilities is find out who they are, find out how they learn. Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by listening. Some people learn by watching. Some people learn by doing. And some people learn all four ways. So you've got to be careful to find out how that person learns the best. Well, we've got a couple of more questions from Brad, but I'm going to save those for the next show. I don't want to overload you with more than about 15 or so minutes of stuff every time. So thanks for listening today, and we'll be back with more of Brad's questions next week. The Quiz the Diz podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Our website is quizthediz.com, or you can reach us at 614 614- 
382-2582. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz the Diz. Quiz the Diz.